Hello. Hello, Merlin. How are you? Good morning, Dan. I'm very well. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. Very pretty good. good. Yeah, pretty good. Really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm doing great. Yeah. 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 I really am. You know. Yeah. I. I, uh, should I, should <laughs> how, I, I how great I, are I you? Feel shame. <laughs> so I, he's so great. Are you ready for this? He's so great. <laughs> dumb Donald is so dumb. <laughs> you need to be an '80s kid to remember. I know. This. I gotta change my levels a little here. Okay, crank. Oh, there I am. Hey. Ooh. Oh. You know what? Oh, uh, you know what commercial I was just saw? I just ran across on YouTube the other day. What was that? Um, I'm I'm trying to remember the year. Um, I'm gonna look it up. Um, with um, uh, Bob Euchre, and he would say, "Oh, Miller Lite." Yeah, I must be in the front row. And oh man! You know what's weird is I realized after watching it, any time that I get a good parking spot, I say that to myself in, internally and sometimes out loud, without really thinking about where it came from. It just became it's so integrated into who I am as a, as a person oh my God, that I yes. didn't even notice I was doing it. You know, like if you bite you bite your nails and you're like, oh man, I I just chewed my nail down. I didn't even know I was doing that. This is me with the Bob Euchre uh, Miller Lite front row. Are you trolling me? No. Because this is my whole life. It's my whole life. And, and it's something a friend of the show, John Syracuse, loves to make fun of, is that, uh, and this has been discussed on many podcasts I've been on, uh, there's an ongoing series right now on reconcilable differences <laughs> called Secret Weird Things People Do. And um, and and uh, I'm very interested in the idea of things, uh, you don't want to be the way you are. I don't want to be the way I am. And, and yet here I am. I'm the sole survivor. Pretty <laughs> sneaky, sis. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? Like, there's so many things. And then not, that's not even touching upon all of my grandmother's bizarre uh, automatic statements. Like, I, I still, I, I try not to say them, but I do think, though, I wonder what the poor people are doing. All this in heaven, too. <laughs> Yeah. And like the, 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 the way Tron brings your food really fast and you say, what took so long? <laughs> There's so many things. <laughs> okay. I want to put this on the list. Dan, we have, we have a short show today. We have to move very, very quickly, do a travel episode, do a notebook episode, mm-hmm. do a compulsive commercial <laughs> thought episode. I wonder what the poor people are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so what I what I've got that I would like to touch on, given our given our short uh, our short stature today, we're not big people, you and me. That's true. Um, You're taller though. Well, not by a lot. No, but it's noticeable. I, you think I so? Can, like side I can by feel, side? I can feel the difference. It might be you know it might be a Peter Jackson thing. You're soaking it in. Could it. be like hobbits in a wagon. La la la. The one for me was always the one kid that says where oh, I can't see, and the other one says here diagonally. <gasps> Connect four. Uh huh. Oh. God, that's where I learned the word diagonally. <laughs> I think that's where we all learned the word diagonally. Schoolhouse Rocky, a chip off the block from your favorite, favorite schoolhouse, schoolhouse, schoolhouse Rock. Lolly, 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 get your adverbs All here. these are there. Oh, And you know, it's it's like to. you look back and you're like, man, it was such a such an easier time. It was such a simpler time. It I had really no was. no no pressure to get more likes back in the... 70s, oh, you know. Oh, sing it, sister. <laughs> oh, it's so true. You knew if you were liked. You know, how soon you, you picked how soon you, were you picked for dodgeball? <laughs> End of story. That's right. You could actually be a successful person in life without having followers. It was possible back then. It's not anymore. Well, we don't we don't have time to get into this, but like, you know, I do think about <laughs> as you know, I'm trying to evolve as a person. So I try not to get too wrapped up about this, but I do think about the whole like uh, people who are, I guess, millenniums, especially like dumb stuff they did in college got captured on video. Right. Maybe it didn't all make it onto YouTube, but there's, I've got some, some very silly pictures of me, but there's, I'm so glad there's not a huge amount of dumb stuff that I did on video on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I know. Keywords, searchable, chimney, Christmas, what a life. Ah, Okay, listen. So uh, I'm gonna here's just this. We're gonna have some in band conversation here. I'm gonna say let's table my recent trip and travel explorations mm-hmm. because I started applying all the things we've been talking about, including the special remote and VIP mode. Let's hold out on that. Okay. I I do want to quickly later on after you've done your parts, I want to quickly address our listener whose name escapes me who had questions about a very good letter they sent us about moving away from iTunes. 
Does mm. that figure in with the Synology stuff? I have some quick notes on that. Right, right. And um, let me, I actually got, and I, I know that you are um, taking a short sabbatical from from our emails. But, but uh, oh, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> but I got a so bunch. I'm touring with Black Sabbath, yes. I, I got a bunch of responses. Um, a couple of them. Uh, we're really Are we doing I thought, this now. Are we doing this now? No, no, uh, we don't have to. But um, just there's there are a couple good responses in there uh, about what people are using in place of something like Plex for uh, audio stuff. And there's one in oh, particular excellent. from from listener Craig that I wanted to read if if and when we talk about that it doesn't have to be today. Well, I mean, now you're talking about it, so we might as well do it. Okay. I also want to hear about your computer. Mm. The terminal stuff. Uh, sure. If I'll we just have mention time. it. I'll just talk. I'll just I'll I'll, I'll throw it out That's there. Real. If you talk about that, I'm going to talk about Markdown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll t- I, I'll, I can, ex- <laughs> That's I can accept that. That's how you hear every listener leaving. <laughs> right, right. That was that was the the sound of everybody hitting pause all of a sudden. All right, dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it. We got um, we got a note from a listener, a very good note uh, that you read last week from a listener whose name escaped me. Uh, probably, I'm going to say Zach or Jason. Uh, we'll call him Bilbo. Listener Bilbo, mm-hmm. last name withheld. Uh, had questions about uh, being frustrated with iTunes, moving away, and it dovetails with our ongoing conversation about Synology. I spent a lot more time with Synology. I've done some serious dumpster diving in the last week. Something I'll be talking about on the rec disc we record tonight is um, I realized that there's tons of photos that I've been missing for years. It's been bugging me, and I finally did some dumpster diving in old hard drives. That's been a journey. And I did spend some time um, on these um, kind of music alternatives. Why don't you kick things off with... Uh, Listener feedback yeah. on uh, ways to manage music. So the, the, the problem statement here, as I understand it, is I have a lot of music uh, that I love, and I want it to be uh, in a place I can get to it. I want it to be safe. I want it to be mine. Uh, and I presumably you want it to be in a... <laughs> Here's the irony. You want it to be in an interface that's as easy to use as iTunes used to be. Right. Um. Well, Craig wrote in and said, uh, I just finished listening to the lab. He didn't. There's no salutation in the email from Craig. There's nothing that the usual of hi, Merlin. Hi, Dan. Uh, love mm-hmm. all the greats. None of that. He's just mm. all business. Which, all business. Which is not huh. bad. This is not a criticism. No, no, no. no. Um, so I'll just I'll, you, I'll, I'll, I'll insert a fake salutation. Uh, hey, Merlin and Dan. <laughs> love you. Love the show. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. One. Love the comic stuff and the markdown talk. <laughs> when you talk about your parenting <laughs> things, I, it's very exciting to me, right. even though I don't even like children. The way you talk about it makes it so interesting that I understand that it's really about patterns in life. So thank you for that. Also, markdown. And please thank talk. You, please, please talk more about keyboards. He says right here. <laughs> I just finished listening to the lamentations of your troubles with music. I do a Creative Commons metal music podcast and have around two terabytes of FLAC files that I need to keep track of. And then he breaks it down. 6,622 albums with 64,013 songs by 5,436 artists. So I think it's safe to say Craig has it. Is it talking metal? Metal detecting, what was it called? <laughs> Creative Commons Metal Music Podcast. is. And I don't know if that's... He didn't even like promote it? No, no, he hasn't promoted it. Um, I use okay. the Logitech Squeezebox software to keep track of this. It's old, mm-hmm. written in Perl, and was primarily used with discontinued hardware, but it works and, wor- and works well. There are software players and an active community of developers and users that keep this platform alive. Uh, and I actually think... That that's really interesting because this goes back to the thing of like, when you find a good tool, there's no reason to replace it if it works. You know, if it does just what you want and it's yeah. old, so what? Okay. So, um, I, know, I know Squeezebox just in passing. I know Squeezebox from um, Jason Snell talking about it. Mm. And, and for in my head, it has to do with his ancient... Um, What's that old Apple uh, music speaker system? Something having oh, to do with that. But I, yeah. I know it's it's one of those things that's discontinued that people, Squeezebox, I know it's something that's discontinued that people love and are still clinging to as much as they can. He, uh, he goes on to mention that he wrote an article for Linux Journal in 2012. Um, I, I can trump that by saying that I spoke 
at uh, Linux Expo years before that about uh, about LAMP. In 1978, I was the first person to have Linux on the desktop. See? Mm-hmm. So uh, is it open metalcast? He, don't know. He, he doesn't, I don't know. Okay. So then really he says, want to know. Craig I tweeted this. What's your, what's your podcast? <laughs> I want to hear it. It's cause there's a thing called open metal cast, which is uh creative commons licensed metal music. Doesn't that sound like it? Uh, yes, maybe it is. I'm sorry. I'm distracting you, but now, now I got to be in my, well, no, I, I understand. He, he provided income. He'd had no salutation and provided incomplete data. Mm. <laughs> um, I can, I can, rejected. <laughs> I can also second Merlin's recommendation for Music Brains Picard. Oh, so I good. actually enter CDs that I pick up into Music Brains. I understand the challenges of getting good metada- metadata in files, and Picard is hands down one of the best ways to un FS uh, star 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 bad metadata on files but also to keep metadata current as new information becomes available. I have classical albums that started off with janky data and have improved over time. Hope this helps. Uh, and then he says, um, he says he feels it should be a solved problem, but I'm sure the responses you'll receive about this will attest to how varied the solutions are and how much crap we put up with just to listen to good music. Then it's he, so bad, Dan. It's so bad. Yeah, and so that that's it. So thanks to listener Craig. And listener Craig, hit, hit us up on uh, Hot Dogs Ladies on Twitter. Hit me up and tell me about your podcast because I'd like to hear it. I like a metal podcast. I mm-hmm. listen to uh, Anthony's uh, metal podcast. Yeah. Very good podcast. Um, cool. Do you have any, do you have more on this? More response from people? Any more, any more apps or services that people use in lieu of iTunes? I am looking for it because I had one other one that I had tagged and then I'm not finding it, but let me, because no, people do... Uh, the thing where they change the subject line and I've got filters that filter for it. Okay, here's here's the other one. Found it. Dan, comma, Merlin, comma. Mm. And Mike does the does the nice thing. Longtime listener, first time caller. Mm-hmm. Here's some of my experience hey, with the NAS aspect of music management, RE, the episode 453 topic on media servers. I long ago gave up on iTunes and switched to J River Media Center. It has all the features you'd expect to manage your music library, sorting by artist, genre, etc., creating playlists, updating metadata manually, and you can easily point to a NAS containing the music files. The software resides on a Mac or PC. A Linux version is available, but I have not tried it. Software is around $25, and you're good for life. The release, major new version, they release major new versions once a year, for which you pay the upgrade fee if you wish. On iOS and maybe Android too, J Remote app lets you stream music to your phone. It's also a server that allows you to stream to other DNLA devices. I haven't heard that term before. DNLA um, is like a discovery um, ah. protocol that like will say like, oh yeah, it looks like you have you have DN they have this turned on on your Plex, so I can. Deal oh, with cool. That. Okay, so it's some... really neat. Basically, on your local network, it'll do DL- DLNA supported. Uh, devices will uh, pop right up without you needing to like go find them. Right on. Okay, it's really cool. And he also says in in parentheses, he's listing some DNLA devices. And one of them, he says, is a Volumio, V-U-L-U-M-I-O, Volumio, outputting to a stereo. I'm assuming that's some kind of like device that you plug into a regular stereo that gives it magical powers. Um, I want that for hard drives. Seriously. Seriously. I, I want the, um, I'm like, you know, like now there's a thing you can buy for your Switch, uh, Alex or Max told me about, where you can like put a thing in your Switch that gives it like extra special Bluetooth connectivity for yeah. iPhones and stuff. Yeah. I, I, I love stuff like that. It's almost like you like a uh, Luna display, but for other things. Ah, yes. I, I, I okay. That's I would cool. love a thing to plug in. Like I would love something that goes between my external hard drive. So I use external hard drives to watch particularly large movies on my TV and I plug it straight into the USB on my TV. I wish there was something I could plug in in between that would give it like wireless functionality. I lo- I would love that. Someone get on that. Yeah. Uh, he says, exists. he says J river also handles video media, uh, but he didn't go into that. He's like, well, you guys like Plex. So, um, FUBAR 2000 is another mm-hmm. iTunes alternative free and large user base. And then he says regarding NAS serving up music alternatives to Plex, uh, minimum server and bubble UPNP or bubble up PNP. I don't know which it's supposed to be. Have Synology and QNAP install packages that index your NAS residing music files and serve them up to a multitude of clients on iOS and Android. I saw Minim in, as a package. Uh, is that what they're called? Uh, under yeah. community. Yes. Pa- yes. There's, there's actually not that many things in there 
for music management, as we'll talk about. I, wow, I this think is a lot of stuff I'm struggling to keep up. Fubar 2000, Minim Server. Bubble Up PNP. Bubble Up PNP. Or Bubble Up NP. I don't, I don't know, Merlin. I'm not PN, a, how's PNP different from DNLA? PNP is another one of those discovery plug protocols. Plug and I play. I don't, I have no idea. I'll and, find out. I'll find out. Uh, and then he says, this note was written in drafts. Head nod to yourselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then cheers, Mike. So that's all. Those Thank are the, you, those are the, the, the two that I wanted more to like share. More like this. Put a star on that. Well, more like this. Yeah. P-N-P. P-N-P audio. Okay. Uh, I will try and bookmark all of these. Okay. This is, okay. This is very good content. I will, I will, you know what? Why don't you? Well, let's have a, is, is this a good sejura for you to tell me about something you like? Yeah. Can add these to notes. Yeah. I'm struggling to keep up. Uh, let me tell about Eero. Eero. Oh, come on. Jeez. No, see, no, I'm not. I'm, now you're not going to be able to do your, your notes. Gonna you're going to have to do it. Because I want to talk about Eero. I know. Well, I, I'll talk about Eero first. And they you have, can. They updated their app and it is sweet. Yeah. It's an app. I, that just came out like within the last couple weeks. Few few weeks, weeks yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's real good. Really, really so good pretty. updates. I, so often you get an app update and they're like major changes to it and you open it. It's like, well, it's Ugh. exactly the same. You can't tell the difference. This is a big change. The we app- made it easier than ever to share with people. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That's Eero's right. Like, oh yeah. Check it out. Here's this new version. And it rules. <laughs> well, the Eero app it was actually really updated and, uh, and it's great. And basically the Eero is Wi-Fi. Uh, that 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 really really works. The concept of the Eero is that it creates a mesh network. So instead of having a super powerful base station in one corner of your house, wherever you were unlucky enough to have the the cable company install that line or fiber, if you're lucky, or um, and 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 then you're going to have dead spots all through the rest of the house or office, by the way. Um, you're going to have tons of areas where there's just no signal or where the signal is just really spotty or really slow. And we experienced this all the time in my house. It was always this way. Um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, my kid might want to, you know, like be watching a video in his room. He couldn't do it, you know, because the Wi-Fi up there was so crappy and we couldn't move the base station because the where the cable modem comes in. That's where there's not coax everywhere. I'm not not Howie. I don't live in the future. That's right. And so basically, uh, we were screwed. I just kept having to get a more powerful base station, and that wasn't what I wanted. Well, Eero does it completely different. It give, it blankets your whole home with really fast, really reliable Wi-Fi. You don't have dead spots anymore. You don't have bad coverage anymore. You get a consistently strong signal wherever you need it to be. And it couldn't be more easy. You take the Eero, you plug it into your uh, your modem, your cable modem, your router box, whatever you want. And then you manage this from the most easy to use, fun little app. And I mean, there are tons of things that you can do with this app. Like for example, you might want to pause the Wi-Fi for dinner, right? Mm-hmm. You might want to get an alert if a device tries to connect to your network because you know all the devices that should do. be on I it. it. I you know the, what I'm saying? I the alert. I do. You can do all of this stuff. You don't have to worry about, well, I can't, you know, when my mom comes to stay and she wants to watch Netflix in the guest room, she can't. Why? Well, there was no Wi-Fi up there before. Now she can watch Netflix at home. You know, all of this stuff is just built in to the Eero. And uh, there's an all new Eero that starts at just 99 bucks now. So like you can really get into, but the way that this system works, the way it creates this mesh is with these little things called beacons. And they're tiny little um, little things, like a little bigger than a deck of cards. They plug in to a wall outlet. They have a little built-in nightlight that you can control when, when and if it comes on. And these things are what are responsible for extending your network through the house. But they are not Wi-Fi range extenders. That's not this technology. This is a mesh technology. So they're not just grabbing a signal and amplifying it. They're creating a mesh and it makes a big difference. Now you get Wi-Fi outside in your garage in every room and you get the intelligence of Eero. There's tons of other stuff that you can get with Eero. And, uh, and this is the thing you're hearing this. I know that our listeners are hearing this and they're saying, you know what? I, I can't get the Eero soon enough. So you know what? Forget it. I'm not getting one. I'm not going to yeah. get one. I'm what's, it, what's it going to take me? It's going to be a week, week, three weeks, two years, that's, six, eight weeks. What that's what take? you would think. I'm here to that's tell you, you Merlin, yeah. that you can fix your Wi-Fi as soon as tomorrow. You just what? go to Eero.com, E-E-R-O, Eero.com slash back to work. Enter the promo code back to work. You will get free overnight shipping 
with your order. That means you could have one of these babies sitting on your desk tomorrow. How exciting is that? But you must go to this URL and you must use the promo code to make that happen. Eero.com slash back to work. Code is back to work. I love my Eero. And by the way, uh, you can use the Eero to completely control your entire network if you want all through this cool app that they do. And what I mean by that is a lot of the time we get routers, the cable modem routers, and they have really crappy software and it's a pain to deal with them. This is a pro tip for me. Research this first. Don't just do it, but put your router in bridge mode. And yeah, then this is what Syracuse does. You, you can still have all the power of your other dingus. That's right. And then, yeah, you, then really the Eero cool. can do DHCP. The Eero can t- handle um, DNS. The Eero can basically then run your whole network it can and handle it, Dan. It can handle it. That's all I'm trying to say. So thanks very much to Eero for handling it. Eero.com slash back to work. They can have that. That's theirs. Thanks, Eero. Buck, buck. You know, there's so much to talk about, and it's I, I don't I don't mean to stand for Eero, because God, I hope they don't turn out to be a terrible company. But they, they're so good and like so like one of the things that's in there where you see the confluence of so many different great parts of Eero is in what are called profiles. And this is just real quick. This is so handy. If you are the sort of person who wants to like control your children, um, (laughs) you can, you can have these things. You can have a profile for each person in your house. And if you're the kind of, uh, kind of, you know, first world, um, family that has, uh, multiple devices and the multiple devices are primary, primarily used by one person or another, you create a profile. You see, this is a profile for my sneaky kid and sneaky kid has the following three devices. Now, anything you apply to that profile also gets applied to all three of their devices. So right. if Sneaky Kid is trying to look at, look at uh, you know, iPhone in bed or Android, look at iPhone and Android, they, you, you can set the profile to say after 8 o'clock, eh, you know, it's, it's really cool. And also, if you're using, I think it's called Eero Plus, you could say like, okay, also apply the like safe site filtering to, to this profile. Where, you know, maybe your wife looks likes to look at uh, like German dungeon porn and you want that to be able to be a thing. You can just apply it to your kid profile. Our thanks to Eurobach Bach. <laughs> <clears throat> there you go. Can I, can I, uh, can I do a little bit on this? Cause I know we're, I know we're short on time. Now nah, we're good. No, we're solid. Rock solid. You're, you're solid. Um, <laughs> so clicking. Okay. Um, so boy, you know, uh, iTunes used to be so good. I don't even know when it was. Just to repeat myself a little bit here, there was some point, definitely after they'd introduced the DRM-free, you know, uh, MP3 downloads or, you know, M4A or whatever the hell downloads, and definitely after they had introduced iTunes Match. And it was such a, I don't, I couldn't appreciate it at the time. Like how good iTunes was and all these all these different ways of viewing your music. The smart playlists, I still use so many smart playlists. It was so good. I don't know what happened, but it got weird. And you know, I uh, you, you know what do they say? You uh, in uh, like I think in stripes, you you effed up. You, you trusted us. Like I I trusted them, and so I got into Music Brains Picard, which I put into Notes. Very good app. Music Brains Picard, you go drop a bunch of MP3s on there, and it's it knows it has this huge database called music brains where it knows all the different releases of that album so you can say this is the um uh apple the music company the apple released version of the white album from 1968 on lp in great britain or whatever and it matches it up and it says okay well this version has 47 songs this version has 13 songs whatever it is you pick the one you want it's just, it's exquisite. You can put the art in. It works so great. So to do this experiment, I did a couple things. Last week on the show, I dragged some of my music into uh, the Plex music folder just to see, you know, some basic stuff, see if it would show up. Well, actually, I'm sorry. I dragged it into my Plex folder to see what Plex did with it. I'll come back to that in a second. I've been exploring Audio Station, which is the built-in uh, Synology uh, music thing. But, you know, step zero, uh, I, I told you also I was struggling with downloading all of my iTunes match music and how I kept beach balling. And so I have this one iTunes playlist, smart playlist that is so smart. Uh, if anybody's interested, I can, find, I can post it for you. But basically, I created this smart playlist that says it is in iCloud. It is not local. It is music. And it basically, it's a great smart playlist that shows you everything that's in your corpus in the cloud that's not on your drive. There's, there's so many things you can do with this. It's so great. 
So I started downloading like first a hundred at a time, then 200 at a time, then more at a time. And I've been, I've been downloading thousands and thousands of songs to try and get all my stuff. <laughs> Cause if I try and do it all, it just goes, man, beach balls. And I start over. There's some mm-hmm. point that I don't know that causes it to beach ball. If you try and do 2000, it will definitely beach ball. Um, so I downloaded all my stuff and then I started saying, okay, so let's take this. I put all that into Plex. Let's see what Plex does with that. Like I say, we'll come back in a minute. Of course, the first thing I discover is the bane of my existence, which Mm. is for whatever reason, if you guys, if you get this, please tell me I'm not crazy. Where sometimes it's, it, it splits an album into two different albums that appear to be exactly identical. So you've got Kanye's, um, what is it? What is it called? My 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 dark twisted fantasy, mm-hmm. and it, which is a really good record, um, highly recommend Nicki, Nicki Minaj's verse on uh, Monster. Everybody knows I'm a monster. Anyway, <laughs> so I like Kanye. Shut up. Um, so, but it downloads, and even though it's all in the same folder, once you put it into anything that can read metadata tags, it thinks it's two records, and maybe it doesn't have the art, and maybe it doesn't have the the right track listing, and maybe some of these are M4As and some of these are MP3s. I don't know, just this one record. So here's me. Now here's me. I'm a dog with a bone. So I sat down uh, a couple days ago, and I sat there with Music Brains per cart, and I ran all of my Kanye through Music Brains three different times, and the stuff that I had gotten from Apple was still goofy. I started manually going in and changing the tags. So that's one record out of my thousands of albums right. in my collection. Right. They have not been a good steward of this. Like, can't... I don't know why it's like that. So my first my first problem is I get all my music out of iTunes theoretically, mm-hmm. and now I got to make sure it's not goofy because why I don't want to put it into a new system if it's goofy. Maybe you don't care, but remember first principles, Clarice. The whole reason we're doing this is a I want my own stuff, and b I want it to be correct in the way that I want it. Who cares about music anymore? Raise his hand. Mm-hmm. So that's frustrating. Let's get to particulars. Um, so per last week, I dragged a bunch of stuff into Plex. Uh, so the way it works is Plex, as, as stipulated, has an amazing functionality, which it has these major areas called libraries. And the, the libraries that I think most people, especially me, use are movies and TV. So you have a uh, library in the Plex software uh, called movies. Now, inside of, you can then go in and say, my movies live in this folder. Mm-hmm. My movies live in that folder. My movies live in... And Plex does an extraordinary job of like taking out dupes or consolidating dupes and getting the right metadata. You can update the meta. It's very good. You can go in and pick what are called agents. Uh, you need to do your own research on this, but you can go choose which agent gives you the best metadata. Is it MovieDB? Is it uh, this personal media assets? Whatever it is. So long story short, it's great at movies. It's great at TV. It's very forgiving at, at getting what you wanted. And if it's not the thing that you thought it should be in metadata, it's, you say fix match. And it's really good at fixing that. So works great for movies and TV. And I got to tell you, it worked pretty great for music. I don't, did, did you try this experiment? Did you try dragging some music into Plex to see what happened? Yeah, I did. Um, it's not, it's not terrible. No, like, it's not. You know, if your expectations are, you know, medium expectations, it works fine. It mm-hmm. generally finds some art f- so like what the way I, I I think this is the way it works for everybody. I know it's the way it works for me. There's an area called music. Music has an area inside of it called artists and artists has subfolders called album and albums have tracks. Or songs, I mean, like it's, right? I wouldn't go so far as to say that it was outstanding, but it, it would do the, I think it would do the job for most regular people that just have for ca- casual people with yeah. a thousand songs. It's going to, it's going to definitely, I think be fine. Yeah. And remember Plex is not just on Synology by a long shot. Part mm-hmm. of the beauty of Plex is they have all these different apps that run on all these different platforms, pay the money. It's a good company. And then you get to do lots of stuff. And that means now all your Plex music is available. Um, through the Plex app on your phone, your iPad, your TV, um, I think maybe maybe second to Netflix, uh, it's available on pretty much every device. There's Plex everywhere. Uh, as I said last week, Plex is probably one of the best apps on Apple TV. Uh, it handles a giant amount of information very well and lets you go in and do something called pinning to go in and say like, okay, these are this is important to me. From all these different Plexes of me and all my friends, pin this so that it's always on my homepage. It's great. 
So the Plex experiment went fine. It, I dragged the stuff in there and it, it did a pretty good job. And again, because Plex and its use of the music finding uh, metadata agents did a real good job of pulling it all together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mostly thumbs up to that. Um, so real quick, because it's boring, um, the app that is, if you are on Synology and you're trying to go pure Synology, um, apps that deal with files on Synology are generally fine to good, sometimes very good. Mm-hmm. You can have your movies in the movies folder on Synology, and then you get something called, I think, like DS Video, which will run on your phone or your Apple TV, and you can watch your movies, and it's fine. It's just dealing with files. It's it's old school. Um, the Audio Station app is not awesome. Um, not least because it's it it was not as good as Plex at, at understanding that <laughs> the busted ass metadata on my stuff from Apple, you know, don't show me six different Kanye records. It did a pretty good job, but not a great job. But it's fine. Uh, it's not great. I'm going to look at these other options that we've talked about here. But um, Audio Station is one of the more underwhelming apps, mm. I think, so far from yeah. Synology. I'll spend yeah. some more time with it because, you know, that's, that's what we're doing here. Um, there are, um, related audio apps and plugins. There's something you can get called Beats, B-E-E-T-S, but it's a command line (laughs) app. So you install the package on your Synology, you do stuff with the command line and I'm just not up for that. That's a cool metadata app. Um, but I will look at these other options as well. Um, but so far it's pretty, it's pretty underwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, second, I tried to go out and find... I'm so grateful to our listeners for sending in these iTunes alternatives because all the ones I looked at were just ugly as sin. The one that comes up a lot is Vox, not the Ezra Klein, um, you know, website, but there's a, there's a, a player called Vox. There is a, there is a Logitech app. Let me go see if I can find this Logitech. There's a Logitech app that's in beta for Synology, the Logitech media server. Oh, there's a regular one and one in beta. Okay. And it basically looks like it it has the chrome and feel of uh, an uh, of an so like let's say you bought an MP3 player in 1999 and it came with an app that lets you uh, manage the MP3s on your Mac. That's about what it looks like. Logitech Media Server. Mm-hmm. It's all fine. It's all, I mean, this technology like You wouldn't not expect come... that to come from Logitech necessarily. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't, like they do this kind of software, but that's not, like when you think I music think Logitech management, so- you don't Logitech think Logitech. software that I use for my keyboards and pointing devices is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, L-O-G-I, Logi, L-O-G-I Options. I think they're trying to rebrand. Um, I love Logitech stuff. Like my, my, my favorite oh, mice I'm, are Logitech keyboards. Logitech. I've yeah. always, always, always liked them. And they've always done a good job of supporting Macs and the Mac community with actual software and, and, re- and making keyboards with the, so if you want it, you can get the keyboard with the right, you know, uh, key, keycaps on it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I'm going to spend with this. I'm almost done. I'm going to spend more time with this uh, because I would like to find out what the options are. I, you know, it comes back to my struggle with like, I wish iTunes would just be awesome and it would be fine. Um, but you know, that's, that's where we are with this. Um, and then, so, I mean, uh, parting editorial comment on this, um, you know what? I'm going to keep it to myself. Okay. One more thing to mention in passing, this is not a full solution, but it's worth mentioning it's a hack in some way, not a hack, but it's, it's not great. But I, I wonder how many people know that, uh, at least on the version that I pay for, Spotify has an option, has a box you can, a uh, button you can tick called local music. And uh, all you have to do is tick a radio button in your, it might be in advanced settings, but you go to Logitech, uh, or excuse me, <laughs> you go to Spotify, in my case on my Mac, you go to settings, and it might be advanced settings, but you tick a box, and now it will very easily let you, on that device, importantly, let you play anything that's in your iTunes library. Mm-hmm. It ain't pretty. It's not great. It's 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 basically like a list of songs, but if you're finding by search, it is that is one, like today, you could have all of your iTunes collection in at least Synology, for what it's worth. If you need a player and you don't want iTunes and you have your songs, you could at least listen to them locally that way. Right. 
the, the um, last part on this, and then I'll throw to you. Uh, you know, it's interesting because. So basically, I had discovered, this is back to my spelunking that I've been doing, I basically discovered um, there's a ton of my photos that I just couldn't find. And this really bubbles up when you go and you search for Christmas Day on Google Photos, in my case, or on uh, Photos on my, the photos, Apple Photos app on my Mac. And there were these like three or four years where it's like, all I've got is iPhone photos here. Where's my other photos? And what I realized is I, I used to be such a fan of Lightroom. When I was doing, I had a Canon 5D and I was taking tons of photos on the Canon and managing, managing them through Lightroom. I don't know what happened. I had some kind of a, some kind of like, like strokey fugue state where like, I guess in my, <laughs> in my petering Stro- off. Strokey fugue state. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Please capture that. Um, <laughs> strokes aren't funny, but anyway, I feel it's called Fugue State. Um, stroke Fugue, fugue State. Please write that down. I got it. I, uh, I, I, as I tapered off of Lightroom, let's put it this way. As the iPhone camera got better, like most Americans, I started using my costly Canon or Nikon a lot less. I, I have so many great photos I took with my Canon. Just the Canon and the 50 millimeter lens were such a boon companion for me. It's so funny because on the one hand, like the flip camera brought me so many wonderful low res videos that I treasure. Later on, the Canon brought me so many wonderful high res photos. Um, but as I tapered off Lightroom, I guess I got real bad about like, uh, I mean, I've got all these backups. I don't know which is the right one. But going in, long story short, going in and spelunking to say like, okay, look, I'm going to go find all of my missing photos that I know exist from between probably 2008 and 2011 or 12 or 13. I don't even know. I'm, I'm doing all kinds of forensics. I had to, to get into Lightroom. I had to go find oh, Lightroom 2 to on a backup. I had to open the Lightroom 2 catalog, pull it all off the Drobo, get it up and running, relocate where the photos are because now the paths are broken. I had to do all of this stuff. Long story short, let me end with something philosophical. Ooh. There was a. I'm going to find something to put into show notes that has really, really got me thinking. Um, there's a wonderful new podcast of which I will tell you the name. But there's a podcast that's about four or five episodes in, and the name of the goddammit podcast, what are you called? I'll find it for notes. And after you tell me about something you like, cautionary tales, King in the castle. Uh, it's a new, it's a new uh, podcast called cautionary tales that I super recommend. Uh, the host has a name. His name is Tim Harford. Um, and it's a very much a turns out podcast, but he goes in and he talks about, um, he uses anecdotes from history to illustrate all kinds of interesting cognitive biases um, and weird decision-making um, that we do. Uh, it was recently referenced. The episode I'm about to commend to you, uh, was recently referenced, uh, by Dr. Drang, who explains what this guy got wrong, but it's still a very good episode. He has an episode called Galileo's Warning and not to spoil it for you, but what he says in this podcast episode is that whether it's Three Mile Island or whether it's the financial crisis, there are so many things that come down to is so Alan Watts. Sometimes wanting, <laughs> sometimes wanting more security ultimately makes us less safe. He uses the example of the Academy Awards cock up with La La Land, where um, he explains why the the where it should have been this one movie, but instead it was this other movie, and why did that happen? And was this Warren Beatty's fault? And was it Faye Dunaway's fault? Whose fault was it? Uh-huh. And that none of it was really their fault. It was that this accounting company, I guess Pricewaterhouse or whoever, had multiple sets of envelopes on, like one on this side of the stage, one on that right. side. Right, I of remember. Stage. That's exactly what happened. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes into all the, the, the. In that case, it was that somebody should have. They never needed the two sets of envelopes, but they had two sets of envelopes. The typography on the card was terrible. But anyway, he basically goes into in that case that interest in security ultimately made us less safe. 
At right. Three Mile Island in 1979, yeah. when they started having a problem, all of these alarms went off and all of these lights went off. Right. There was no way to detect which lights and alarms were important and which ones were less important. And there, there was no way to basically say, and, and then he even gets more typography. He gets into the labeling. Some had a label over the light. Some had a label over the light. Some had a label to the right of the light. And when you're in meltdown or pre-meltdown mode mm-hmm. at a nuclear power facility, the last thing you need is that ambiguity about what I should really be paying attention to. He gets into all of that. Um, he, and the, the thing Dr. Drang talks about is uh, Galileo's thing about like what's the best way to store a pillar on its side and adding too many supports actually makes it less safe. What does that have to do with this? At some point, I got really good about backup. I got super good about backup. And in, at the height of this, I got very good about having um, all kinds of daily backup, redundant daily backup, plus monthly offsite rotation. So I had two disks, and uh, TJ Luoma helped me with a really good um, bash script for um, automating this stuff with SuperDuper. And I got really good about it. And there was this backup, and there was that backup. But then there was a Drobo, and the Drobo had the Drobo was backed up. And I had this backup on the Drobo and that backup on the Drobo. Then I got a different Drobo with different disks and I had some backups on there. I've got backups on external naked hard drives. But which backup yeah. is Yeah, which backup, backup is which? I had so many backups. Why? I had so many backups because I'm a good tech boy. I'm a seasoned technologist. And I had so many goddamn backups that now, and they're, on, they're labeled with like hard drive 2013. And it's like, what is that? Is this one of four disks in a naked, uh, naked disks in a Drobo array? Does this one even work? What is this formatted for? Do I risk anything to pop it in? And so for the last few years, all of that safety that I brought on myself was for naught because I did a terrible job at like cataloging what was there. It ultimately made me less safe because now for years, there's so many pictures, so many photographs I have not been able to see, see let alone find that. Uh, I'm just saying, I think this is a thing. I think there has to be some sensibility in how we decide to be safe about this stuff. And just merely having a hundred different piles of maybe useful stuff gets you right back into an inbox zero situation. And that's, I feel like where I am. So wrapping up, um, now that I've got this, all this disk space, all this capacity with the NAS, I'm going to re-triple my efforts to try and be really good about knowing what I've got where and in what state. I will test my backups. I will be a good boy. I will take my beating from Syracuse <laughs> about how I could do this better. But what I'm saying is covering your ass and being safe is not enough, right? If you've got, I mean, having a backup key for everything in your life is a good idea. Having 16 backup keys that are all on the same ring and unlabeled is maybe not that useful. Does that make you more safe? Not really. Alan Watts would say, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the mm-hmm. wisdom of insecurity, that what we need to do is, is realize how to be rational about being secure and that need to be secure, that need to be safe, has to be, has to be tempered with doing sensible things and right. not just spending your whole life trying to... F- anyway, it's, it's all a big mess, but I'm working on it. The state of audio is terrible. Uh, please enjoy podcasts. Dan, tell me about a second thing you like. The second thing that I like that I would like to tell you about is Bumbus. 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 So I, I, um, I made a mistake and I wore mm-hmm. my Bombus shirt uh, yesterday instead of today. Okay. I wanted to wear it for the, for the spot. Yeah, for I the program. To, I don't yeah. understand. I, I, I immediately knew what you meant. But... They do the the main thing that Bombas I think is 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 known for what they I I think they should be known for although they're much more than just this but um is is their socks and I am wearing the Bombas socks today I got that right it's a strong sock it's a what they do the coziest the coziest of all socks sir they're smart is, socks is Dan. the they're, merino they're, wool an adaptogen, sock an adaptogen an adaptogenic sock yes. Uh, and the way that this works, here's the thing. Here is the thing. And this is what mm-hmm. they're, they're all about. Socks are the number one most requested clothing item at homeless shelters all across the United States of America. New clothing is in high demand, but the number one thing that they need are socks. So for every Bombas clothing item that you purchase, a specially designed donation clothing item of the same kind is then donated to someone in need. 
there have been over 20 million small acts of kindness. I'm looking at the website right now, which counts up every time there's a sale. It's at 28,682,093 is where it is right now. Items that they have donated based on Whoa. purchases. Do they that count people socks as two? No, I think a pair of socks is one thing. I hope, I hope that I'm going to okay. give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll get, mm-hmm. I'll try and find that out. But the thing is, talk, talk to Damon. Their mm-hmm. socks are amazing. They are so soft, whether you're getting the cotton ones or the merino wool ones, they're built with extra cushioning so that if you're walking your dog, if you're jogging, if whatever it is, you're going to be comfortable with these things. I am the kind of person that, except in the summertime, I prefer to wear a pair of boots. I have a pair of Red Wing boots that I've had for years and years and years that replaced the pair of Red Wing boots that I had for many years before that. And the thing about boots in general, and Red Wing is, is no different than that, is that you, you don't just want one of those flimsy, thin little socks inside of it. You want to be mm-hmm. comfortable. You have to have some cushioning in there. And these socks go perfectly with that. And I still wear them with sneakers too. Then it just makes your sneaker a little more comfortable. But, you know, it's like they care about all this little stuff. Like, you know, the toe seam that most socks have, the little ridge yes. that's on top. Bombas got rid they of that. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that. They don't have that. They're smooth across mm. the top in front of your foot. And, and so there's a, but there's a lot of different socks. They got dress socks for work. They got performance socks for working out. They've got like limited edition holiday socks that are fun that you can wear. They have the Merino wool socks, which are like magic because they're moisture wicking. They're never rough. They're never itchy. And this is the thing. They make a great gift. You think, what am I going to get this person? Get that person some socks. That's what I'm telling you to do. And they're here to make it possible. Bombas is spelled B-O-M-B-A-S. Bombas.com slash back to work. Go there. You'll support our show. You'll let them know that you're hearing the spots, but you'll also get 20% off any purchase. They're having a big holiday sale. It's still going on. You've got a couple more days to do it. If you're listening to this, when it comes out, you've got through December 5th to get this sale, but they're always doing sales. quickly, Dan. Don't sit on this. No, I know. But they always are doing something good. Their prices are good anyway. Bombas.com slash back to work, 20% off. That's the only way to get it. Bombas.com slash back to work. Thanks very much to Bombas for making this show possible. Gracias, Bombas. Bombas. Uh, uh, buck, buck. The great thing about Spanish, you learn this on your first day of Spanish, okay? Great thing about Spanish okay. is, is, is the vowels. The vowels are always exactly the same. Mm, In the English, vowels are always the same. The vowels are always the same. And that means your pronunciación gets much easier because it's always a, a, e, o, u, and it never changes. Now in English, mm-hmm. do you know about, uh, do you know about the uh, G-H-O-T-I? We talked about, do we ever talk about G-H-O-T-I? Greatest in the world. Go Believe it or not. Yeah. This is, I can't do this from memory. This is so good. And then we're going to throw it to our last and our third and final segment. Um, so G-H-O-T-I is an example. So G-H-O-T-I, how would you, how would you say that? Play along. G-H-O-T-I would be like uh, Gotti, John Gotti. Gotti or Goatee. Goatee. No. In English, that would be, that could be fish. Could be fish. Uh-huh. So how do you say the G-H? So say a G-H in enough? Enough. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It okay, could your, be one of your favorite yeah. words. How do you say the O in women? Eh. Women, women. Eh. Eh. The T I in nation, nation. Mm, you're getting tricky. Enough women. <laughs> enough women. Yes. Nation. Yeah. The G H from enough. The mm-hmm. O sound from women. The T I. In nation, mm-hmm. and you get yourself a fish. Enough women I'm, nation. <laughs> I cannot argue with that. There's the title, Dan. For our third and final segment, I think we probably have enough time, um, enough time only, to talk about. Uh, well, you're going to solve a mystery. You put out a mystery on Twitter and said, "What'd you say? You said you said did I did I buy a computer? Yeah, did I get one of the new? Did I get one? No, I recall you saying that you got one. I don't know. Don't worry about me. You talk about you. Well, I um I had been waiting for a long time to upgrade my MacBook Pro 
it was a not very old, uh, you know, I, I, year or so old. Mm. And usually I'm on like a three to five year computer upgrade schedule. So this was, this was a bit, but I really. Exclusive of whether there's anything good to buy right now. <laughs> well, yeah. In an ordinary universe. Yes. Right? Uh, yes. Isn't that kind of part of it though? Yes, it, it really is part of it. Um, but, you know, I was never happy with the uh, 13-inch MacBook Pro, not because it was um, a little slower than I wanted it to be. I could live with that. Uh, but because, you know, everyone has talked to death about the keyboards. I didn't really like the keyboard. I, I, w- I did have one, I think it was the B key that was starting to have a problem um, intermittently, but you know, I didn't like the touch bar. I like a physical escape key and yes, I could remap mm. it to caps lock, but guess what? I've been caps using lock is control. Read a uh, book. I have been using VI and Unix command line stuff where escape is important since probably 91, 92. It would be like telling writers to remap the return key. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty important key and there's so much muscle memory and the point is, well, you could remap it to caps lock. I did, and I still never used it because I can't reprogram the brain. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I was, you know, that's one of the many, many reasons. But I also felt like I often run the laptop docked. And one of the things that I knew when I was getting the 13-inch uh, was that its graphics card is good, but certain laptops, usually you need to go up to the 15-inch size to get... Uh, the kinds of graphics card that you need to really beautifully drive an external display, the, really the way you want to. Like, yes, you can, it'll work with the other one, but is it ideal? And the answer is no. So there were some other reasons there that I wanted to upgrade, but I had said, if we get that regular keyboard back and we get a physical escape key, uh, this will be an instant purchase for me. And uh, so when it came out, I I, you know, I waited a little, little couple days to read the reviews and other things like that. And then I said, all right, I will, I will go and get one. And I picked it up here in town and I've had it for about a week now. I got it right after last week's show. And I can tell you that at least to me, based on a week's worth of impressions, I think this is the best laptop that Apple uh, that Apple has made in many, 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 many years. I won't go so far as to say it's the best laptop Apple's ever made because that's a relative thing. You know, like I remember the original power books <laughs> and the, the Lombard keyboards and things like that. I just loved those. Mm. There was something really special to me in my memory about those. <laughs> Can you imagine a time when this giant hole could accommodate either a battery mm-hmm. or an optical drive? I mean, how cool is that? That was, that was just so amazing. fun. It was yeah. amazing. I love those things. So, but I will say in, in recent memory, this is the best. It's, you know, the, it's... The, the 2015 MacBook Pro was was a very good computer. I did not I, own I, that which, one. Well, that's what I bought because right. of the options that were out there. But I'm extremely happy with the 16-inch. All the, and like I said last week, I think I said this here, all the people who are like, God, it's so heavy. It's a battleship. And I'm like... Don't really people have SUVs? Like who's who's having that much trouble with even like a pound? Let's say it's even a pound and a half more than whatever you had before. Mm-hmm. Like, is it really that difficult? I mean, if you really want a tiny computer, buy one of those crappy little MacBooks. This is a computer that does things. Right. It's what we've I mean, god damn it. Can't you people be pleased? All any people have been crowing for so long about like, I want I want I want this to do all of the power things. And it does so many of the power things so well. It sounds amazing. It's fun to type on. And it's a, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit heavier than your trio, I guess. Shut up. It's a really, really good don't shut up. I'm just kidding. I love you. But it's such a good computer. I'm like, thank God they finally made something that's like a good computer. And yeah, it weighs a little bit more because it's got battery out the ass. Mm-hmm. It has such <sighs> great battery. So there's a couple so little, there's a couple things I want to mention in, in, in yeah. agreement with you, in full agreement with you. Um, it, you know, if you're going from an 11 or 13 inch computer, it's going to seem huge and heavy. Yes. But, you know, like you're getting... An amazing screen. You're getting... And it says Pro right on it. Right. I mean, that's the other thing. And and you mentioned... It's not a MacBook student. It's not a MacBook kitty cat. It's a MacBook Pro. It's and you got the mentioned, Merlin, it. that it sounds great. This is the dumbest thing so, in the whole so world, how good this thing sounds. I never even thought about speakers on a laptop. I never cared about it. I never. It never even occurred to me that speakers on a laptop were a thing that people could care about or talk about. Until I got this thing and I was sitting there with it. It was on the, uh, on the dining room table 
and um, my son came over and we wanted, he wanted to watch a gorilla's video uh, the band, not an animal. Mm -hmm. And so we put this on and I just, I, you know, I turned it up and the sound, oh my gosh, there's that song. No, although I love that song, but it was the low mids, the low mids on this thing are so penetrating. It's an, it's an area that doesn't get a lot of love from smaller speaker systems, but like, yes, it's got a crispy, it's got a crispy, nice crispy high end. It's got a nice thundery low end, but the low mids in particular, like voices, I was listening to a podcast on it this morning while yeah. we got ready for school and a strong songs episode on uh, paranoid Android. I will put it in notes and it just, it's so clear and it, it doesn't sound tinny. It doesn't sound boomy. It sounds penetrating. It just like very splits good. the air. Very good word yeah, for it. It so really does. Good. So and good. it almost feels like it's creating a three dimensional ball of sound over the keyboard in some way. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, very well, it's present. Got, it's got some space and separation. You can fe- hear the separation. It's, and like it's that's really, st- it's uncanny. Stupidest thing to think about. Like, uh, yeah. but but it's, it's great. the last thing you would think to ask for. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, but everything about it is really really great. I mean, yeah, we still got dongles and stuff like that. But that we've we've already been in that space for a long time. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, overall, it's just a a, a very very fast. Now, I went with the higher end of the two. Um, usually I go with the lower end, but this time I went with the higher end. So I guess if that like means processor wise, yeah, it has a, uh, cause people, you know, there are people making notes right now, a 2.3 gigahertz, eight core Intel core I nine. It's got 16 gigs of Ram. It has a terabyte of storage and it has the Intel UHD graphics, 630, 1536 megabyte, uh, adapter. So that's what I got. And I'll tell you what, it's absolutely worth it. Now, I got a tip from a, a friend friend of the show, Marco Arment, who I was talking to about it right before I was getting it. And he was telling me that he's done a lot of different testing. There is a feature with this MacBook Pro, and I'm not sure if it's with all of them because I'm ignorant and don't know anything, but mm-hmm. there is something called Turbo Boost. Oh, right. right, right. Appa- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mixed blessing, right? Right. Apparently, Turbo Boost is a thing that um, I guess that you know, your laptop, because you're trying to conserve battery a lot of the time, your laptop right. doesn't always need to be running at maximum CPU speeds. If you're, if you're, if you're outputting something from uh, Xcode, you, you want, or putting out like, uh, you know, 4K video or whatever, right. you want all the power you can get. And like, you just, you say like, okay, take all of the whatever that you need to make this as fast as possible. Exactly. Is it give, give me all you got basically. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and if you can utilize all the, all the processors too. So like not all software is optimized to do all of the things, but if you're using Apple software that's designed to utilize all the power that this thing has, it's going to need, it's going to need a kick. Right. So what um what macOS does automatically is it will enable this turbo boost mode when it when it needs to spin up the CPUs and work really hard it will and when it doesn't it won't and there's software that controls that but Apple doesn't give you the ability to control when or uh, or, or when it doesn't at what act- point, yeah. activate that so the the downside of that is when it's in turbo uh, boost mode it uses understandably more energy and more energy means more battery. And you can also have things like fans spinning up to keep the thing cool because the CPUs are working so hard. So there are a lot of situations where that can happen, but wouldn't it be nice if there was just a way to turn that off and say, you know what? I don't ever want you to go in turbo boost because I don't really need it. I'm browsing or I'm doing some light work Mm or I'm listening to music or watching a movie and I'd rather have a lot more battery life and maybe I would rather not have the fans going. So there is an application that is called Turbo Boost Switcher. And in this case, Turbo Boost Switcher Pro, I bought the Pro version. Um, There is a free version that I could not get the free version to work with with Catalina at all. And I asked Marco and Marco said, yeah, I wound up getting the... uh, the pro version to work, I think is like 10 bucks, but okay. I, I sprung for it and I'll, I'll put this into the show notes as well. But what this does is it, it does much more than this, but what it does is it allows you to, uh, to disable turbo boost and disable and re-enable it very mm-hmm. easily. And it's smart in that if you disable it, you know, if you were to like reboot or something, it it's back on, like, it's not like a permanent hard switch that you're turning off. But what's nice about it is when you've disabled turbo boost, you get a huge, 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 uh, benefit in battery life and hmm. the fans don't spin up. So I can play Minecraft without 
fan spinning at a billion miles an hour. And, um, and, and so this can come in very, very handy and still, and Marco did a bunch of tests. I'll leave it to him to share the results Hmm. of it, but anecdotally, and, and I've seen the same thing, this computer still feels faster with turbo boost disabled than my MacBook pro 13 did just running as hard as it could. So it's not like you would even, most people I don't think would even notice it unless you're doing like what you were talking about, which is like a 4k movie thing or editing something or bouncing something from logic or editing an Mm -hmm. X, you know, creating executables in Xcode. That's when you really want it. But if you're just like on the airplane and want more power, this is the, this is the tool for you. So I've added that and we don't need to talk about this very much today, but I will say Um, speaking of things I've done since 1991 or 92, you know, you start with uh, K shell and then you graduate to bash and then you get everything set up in bash exactly the way you want it over, you know, 30 years or so. And then build that profile over time. right? Yeah. And, and I mean, and so Apple switched to ZSH from the bash shell. This doesn't matter unless you're a nerd like me that uses terminal all day, every day, all the time. But like, all of the servers that I use have bash. All of the mm-hmm. client machines I use have bash. I don't really want to switch to Z shell because there's no reason for me to switch to Z shell. You know what? Maybe it's a lot better than bash, but right now bash is a lot better for me because of all the time that I've invested in it. Isn't that fairly easy to switch? Uh, I mean, it's easy to switch if you don't have a lot. Oh, to switch over no, to sorry, back sorry. to bash. Isn't it easy yeah, to just say I prefer bash. Of course, yes. There's a there's a command that's that's as old as Unix itself. That as the change shell command, which is like C S H S H some whatever. But it's a change shell command, and uh, and you can just change your shell. You have to make sure that that the shell that you want to switch to is listed in Etsy shells, of course, um, which is only matters if you don't want to use the stock bash that comes with your Mac, which you shouldn't be using because it's version three and bash is up to version like 5.8 or something like that. Mm. Um, so definitely use homebrew to install a modern bash, add it to your Etsy shells and then change your shell to that. But the point is, oh, it's sexy when you talk like this. Oh yeah. I like, like it. I actually like do. That. I really like it. You like that. I did, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but basically, you know, like I struggled with it. I, for the whole week until like yesterday for the whole oh, so week. You, wait, wait, so you, you tried it? You tried yeah, using Z shell for a whole week. Cause I wanted to try it. Isn't that like, the like trying thing. to use your fork, fork left handed or something? Yes. It's exactly what it felt like. And, but I'm trying to like, I want to get on board. <laughs> you can do it, but it's, you got to think about it a lot. <laughs> and you know, my philosophy is that the fewer things I have to install to change oh, yeah. from stock, but, but I just, I couldn't do it. And I switched back to bash and it was like. Oh, like this, like the clouds moved apart and the sun shone down upon me. And it was, you know, Ned Flanders was singing when I was just a little girl and it was, you know, it was great. And, and I was, you know, I was so happy and I'm like, why would I suffer with Z shell and people on, on Twitter? Like you're really just got to bite the bullet and sweat. I'm like, you know, why, why do I have to bash isn't isn't gone. It's not gone. And it's still, you know, apparently the reason they had switched to it was there was some kind of like licensing, licensing. That, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. It's not, they didn't switch they changed, to they Z- the BDSM license. Yeah. There you go. They didn't switch yeah. to Z shell because it was better. <clears throat> they switched because for most people, it doesn't matter. And for the people who does matter to can install bash and use that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Screw Z shell. Screw you Z shell. Whoa. Let's come back. Let's come back to this. Cause uh, there is more to say about this, but I know we're running long. Why don't you tell me about a third thing you like? I will. I was just putting the Turbo Boost Pro into the uh, Turbo Boost. I put it in there. It's already in there, dude. Oh, it's already in. I got your back. How are you so good? I'm so good. Nobody looks at show notes, and I hate it. Oh, well, even <laughs> including me. I don't even look at the show notes. Oh, shame on you. Let me tell you about Health IQ. Health, Health IQ. IQ. Health IQ yeah. is one of the things that uh, that has been created to reward people who try hard to be healthy. So if you're trying hard to get a good eight hours of sleep per night, uh, you're trying to eat a good uh, diet, a good meal, you're exercising, you know, four or more times per week. Basically, you're trying to do everything right to ensure that you're healthy and and live as long as you can possibly live. And uh, Health IQ is here to say, isn't it time that you are financially rewarded for your commitment to a healthy lifestyle? I think that's a pretty reasonable thing to think. Uh, And so what they do is they use science and data to secure lower rates for people like you who care about your health on your life insurance. So if you're a runner or a cyclist or if you're a CrossFit or if you're like me doing a deadlift, 
they well, what about vegans and vegetarians? Yes, they reward you for all of that stuff. If, mm-hmm. if you're focused mm-hmm. on having a healthy diet, they take all this into consideration and they're going to help you find more affordable life insurance rates. Uh, for for uh, some people, they're getting up to 41% better rates because physically active people have significantly lower risks for heart disease, for cancer, for diabetes. But this isn't like a lead generation thing. It's, 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 uh, it's not just that. They take the customer, which is us, through this entire process of applying and uh, and policies are underwritten by top insurance partners. So to learn more about this, go to healthiq.com, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, healthiq.com slash back to work. They have a little quiz. And depending on what you say in the quiz and what your score is, uh, you can find up to 41% savings on your life insurance premiums. Pretty cool. And if you're already working so hard to be healthy, let them help you out. So go check out healthiq.com slash back to work. Thanks to them for making this show possible. Thanks, Health IQ. Buck, buck. I'm sorry I ran you over. That's all right. Don't run, <laughs> don't run me over, Merlin. <laughs> um, we still have much to talk about. There'll be more on music. I'm so excited to get my Lightroom straightened out. My daughter remembers, I thought it was her second, but my wife reminds me it was probably her third or fourth Christmas. God, we just blew it out. It's it so much good stuff. Yeah. It was a really, really good Christmas, but it must have been 2010 because it, that was when we were into Toy Story. It must have been, that's when it makes the most sense. It would be her third, but like she got up, she got the nice Buzz Lightyear, like, and the nice Woody. Mm. And she was so excited. But like, you ever, you ever have to take a doll out of a box? Oh, with all the little things and the clips oh, and the spinners. There's rubber and... bands and there's wires. And what she remembers about that, I remember that as our magic Christmas. I remember that as like, you know, whatever things were going good at the time. And like, she got some good, really good stuff. She remembers that as, she tells me, as the first time that dad said the F word is that she remembers. Trying to get Buzz Lightyear out of his goddamn box. <sighs> I'm like, honey, it was, please, can, I, can we, you know, eternal sunshine that? Because it was a really big Christmas. <laughs> yeah, you said the F word. You were really mad. You went in the closet for a while. You were really mad. yet. And wire cutters. I said, I did have wire cutters. He said the F word. I said, well, that's because it was hard to get Buzz out of the box. She said, yeah, it was the first time I remember that. I said, well, sometimes daddy needs to go in the closet. <laughs> um, let's button this up. All right. Okay. I love you. I love you too, Merlin, man.